listening to the Three Points in a Pie podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Three Points in a Pie podcast. I am always your host, Colby, along with my Scottish counterpart, Sean. Hello, hello. Um, being that we gave you some uh, predictions earlier on in the week, uh, we are going to cover the rest of the week's predictions for uh, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday matches. Excuse me, Saturday, Sunday matches. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a crazy week, man. I mean, it's it's crazy because all of this is getting pushed in together. I mean, I guess we expect it this time of year, you know, the week before Champions League, everything kind of just starts going like, oh, my God, there's so many matches. What the fuck do I do? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and also, we're going to talk about um, Fulham a little bit and Mitrovic and what he's doing with the club. And then... We're going to talk a little bit about Chelsea's woes um, and some of the things that are going on there. And is Fofana enough uh, for their for their team? And should they have gone after a forward? Um, so first, let's get in and talk about Fulham. That Fulham match, uh, we actually predicted that both Fulham was going to win. Uh, he actually, Sean actually had this at a 2-0. I had this at a 1-0. It came out 2-1. Again, Sean predicted Mitrovic goal. The boy doesn't stop pleasing me. Every time I predict it, he does it. He delivers every moment. As this season's going upon, I'm becoming a Mitrovic fan. I want to see him at Man United. I absolutely love that big, handsome Serbian man. You know, <laughs> he's everything that you want in a British footballer. Big, yeah. strong and just runs at defenders and gives them the shits. I'm loving what he's doing. This is his coming out season. Um, I did. I, I think initially I didn't give Brighton too much of a chance with that 2-0 prediction, but Brighton are aiming for a big finish this season. I'm loving they seeing are. the energy they've got, but at the end of the day, there's only one Alexander Mitrovic. Yeah, 100%. 100%. This... We're going to keep talking about Fulham, I feel like, for a while. Um, I hope so, at least, because they are the team. Like, how often do we see a team come up on promotion and then start off the season in the top six and maybe even potentially finish out that way? That's almost a never Yeah, thing. it never happens. <laughs> it never, never happens. happens. Like, it would be really cool to see this happen. I have a lot of faith in it. What's going on in that organization is – Kudos to Fulham. Hopefully they don't pass Norwich back down. Um, <laughs> so what's going on with Chelsea? It's a, an unpredicted error for them this season. Like I think, obviously, Barcelona stealing all of their, their boys mm-hmm. off them in the transfer market didn't help them, but that team is just not working because time and time again, I will say it, they need a striker. They don't need a centre-back over a striker. I feel the up front is more unsettled than the defence at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, playing Raheem Sutherland as a striker will only work for so long. 
Um, obviously confident he will get goals for them, but will it be enough to secure a top four finish? I'm not I, too I, confident after the Southampton performance. I'm not either. I'm really not. And it was, we were talking about this before we got on, um, about how you know he's not a 25 goal type of player. And no, I, 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 and 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 you saying that like you, I honestly think that there was a part of. Thomas Tuchel and the organization that thought that he was going to be the 25 goal type of person, but putting him in at the nine does not. And it has shown with city when he was at city, it does not work very well. It's not his spot. It doesn't. And it looks weird when you see it, like obviously full credit to Southampton, by the way, they done full credit. Absolutely brilliant. You know, they just went out and went for it. Um, but when you look at it like this, it's like they got rid of Timo Werner. Leipzig won 8 0 the other day and he got a hat trick and an assist. I believe it was. Yeah, he did get a hat trick and an assist. And Chelsea are getting beat off Southampton because they don't have a striker. Tuchel, right. you know, was in the wrong. Getting rid of Lukaku and Werner at the same time was a big risk. It only mm. really works if you're getting another striker in. But for the most part, it's not working. They're trying to convert. A very talented yeah. winger, a centre forward, which will happen once in a blue moon, but today's not that day for it. No. Shout out Romeo Latvia for getting the first goal for Southampton, by the way. Yeah. Uh, what a goal. What a goal, too. It was I, I I was I was really upset when City let him go because I really saw him as somebody that could fill in at the holding mid sec, uh position even work in a rotational uh, with, like, Bernardo Silva. Um, but seeing him go off to Southampton and and he got that goal like that, that made my heart happy a little bit. Just a little bit. It was, it was a beautifully <laughs> taken goal. It was, it was prime, prime schools, edge of the box, just smashing it. Nobody's saving that. What was that one comedian that came in? Uh, he's a British comedian. He came in... Uh, during the preseason of City, um, his famous quote of the of that was "Shoulders back, smash it." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I can't remember who that was, but I remember that. Oh shit! Um, so yeah, with Chelsea, it's uh, there's there's something that needs to be brought to light too. Um, I feel like, and I hate to be the bearer of this news, but let's talk about Roman Abramovich and the fact that his sanctions rendered Chelsea's club without revenue for the rest of the season. They have now spent over 225 million pounds on players this transfer. Financial fair play is coming for your ass. Yeah, Todd Bowley just be- exactly just because Todd Bowley came in, yeah, he is one of the wealthiest baseball team owners. He does have a lot of money, but just because he has a lot of money doesn't mean that transpires and you have a purse that you get to play with. This, this yeah. is going to come up very um, very soon. I feel like. It well, and we've seen Chelsea suffer from a transfer ban before. And it really didn't work out well for them. But the fact they haven't brought in 
the marquee striker they needed mm-hmm. and have spent this crazy amount of money. It just look, there's so many simple things that can be sorted and they just seem to be taking the other route of just like, oh, Wesley Fafana's unsettled, let's just grab him because we can go centre-back. No, you need a striker. Yeah. Any You're... money, throw it about. Fuck. Well, throw money at Harry Kane. I'm sure he wants to win a trophy. <laughs> I'm sure he does, but <clears throat> I think you and I can both agree from being on opposite sides of that city, uh, prospectively, as far as our club's part goes, that he yeah. would destroy that fucking club if he went there. All you have to do is stand there because that's all he really fucking does, anyways. I know, but I, I just enjoy him for his interviews. It's 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 Harry Kane's little dumb voice that just brings me so much. Like I would just love to see another all or nothing at Chelsea, and it's just called Chelsea. Well, it looks like it fucking was for nothing. <laughs> Definitely a lot of these thrown in. Harry Maguire. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Chelsea, if you're going to spend more money, spend it where you fucking need it. Get another centre-back. Get a big fucking fridge at the back. Exactly. Don't be a... The who? The her. <laughs> God, that's so clutch. Um, I'm loving the production quality. It just keeps going up. Right? I'm loving it. Um. All right, so let's get off our recaps and go into our predictions. Um. First match of the weekend that we're going to be looking at is the Liverpool Derby. Everton versus Liverpool. Frank Lampard is... If this isn't... If this probably doesn't get him sacked, which it might not, this is just the first Derby of the year. It's... There's still a long way to go in the season. However, I wouldn't be surprised if him or another coach that we'll be getting into might not get sacked this weekend if they take the L, which they probably will. Um, yeah, likely they'll, they'll take a massive L against Liverpool. Frank Lampard is up shit creek without a paddle right now. Yeah. So I'm going to go with my prediction on this. I'm going to go 4 ever or excuse me, Liverpool. Um, one thing that I do want to bring up is the last match Liverpool had with Bournemouth. Mo Salah, out of nine goals, did not have an assist, did not have a goal, had very few touches. He is not that much a part of their system right now. I think it's because he's still chilling in Tyrell Malasia's back pocket. That's why he didn't turn up. Yeah. Um, he's had a very unimpactful um, showing of it lately. Maybe that's down to Mane leaving. Maybe it's down to Nunes coming in. Or the clock curse. Who knows? But, yeah, Salah's been an empty jersey. Especially well, think, in that Bournemouth game. That was crazy. I think Nunes doesn't even become a factor until this match. Um, since then, it's just been uh, Firmino. Um, shit, who else is up front? Mo Salah, Firmino. Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz. And that's really been it. And what's really crazy is that they're se- <laughs> their midfield is not good. And that's the thing that's been kind of holding them together no. this season. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been a weird one. 
for Liverpool. I don't know how it feels if you're a Liverpool fan. Yes, they won 8 0 against Bournemouth, but you still feel like it's still not a good Liverpool team. No. Like, even with that frustration, like, hammering of poor little Bournemouth, I'm still not convinced they're going to win anything this year the way they're playing. What's your score prediction? So you, you said four now. Yeah, I'm in, I'm inclined to go with four now, but I feel like in this game, Frank Lampard majorly has to make a statement, and it is a derby. A derby is tasty. Yes, not too much of of goals. I'll do. You know I'll go three two Liverpool. Okay. I'll go three two just on the the outs that usually and. A scrappy old school derby like that, the goals don't flow too much, and I feel Lampard will just want to shut his defence out so that no goals go in. But it's still Liverpool, so three to Liverpool. Jordan Pickford better be ready. <laughs> he better be ready. His tiny little hands are yeah. the tiny T Rex Jordan Pickford. My... That's amazing that he, he looks. He looks like a little old 14-year-old boy when he's in goals. No shit. Dude, my, my six-year-old made fun of him for wearing uh Well, granted, it was when you guys... It was really hot over there, but he was wearing a t-shirt. And he's yeah. like, Daddy, his arms are really white. He should wear a long sleeve so he doesn't get sunburned. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, So the Brentford versus Leeds match. Um, do you think Brentford can capitalize on Leeds' shoddy performances, or do you think Jesse Marsh is going to come out and and say, "I've had enough"? Where Where was the first two games? This is a hard game to judge because Brentford have been, you know, not too bad themselves this season. Right. Um. Well, on the on the past, like. You know, in the past three games, Brentford have got two draws and a win. Leeds have got a draw, a loss and a win. Um, I think Brentford have scored more goals. It's at home. I'm going to say it's just going to be a 1-0 win to Brentford. Just on the grounds, I think their defence might be a little bit more solid. Mm-hmm. And so I'm... I feel like Leeds should have done better against Everton than Brentford did against Crystal Palace, and that's my reasoning for a 1-0 win for Brentford. I'm going to go in on you with that. Um, I think that... I think that Jesse will put a little fight into the boys after the last couple of weeks. Um, I think Brentford is a stronger team, especially at home. Um, I'm going to give this a two mm-hmm. two one Brentford. Two one Brentford. Two one Brentford. Um, Villa versus City. So we were talking a little bit earlier, a couple couple matches ago, and predictions about potential managers being sacked this week. Steven Gerrard might be that guy. I mean, at least they can say he wasn't the first manager sacked this season. True. That's probably the, the only good thing he can take out of this because, you know, as we said last time, Villa, the, the Villa are down in the same way as like Everton, just totally 
totally not mentally there on the pitch. Your your morale's already low, and you're going up against Man City with Haaland. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not giving Aston Villa one pot to piss in at this point. And if this turns into a hammering game, like four or five nil loss, I could see Gerard being let go. I think his best pursuit at this point is to get a draw, which I don't think is very likely. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Especially, well, they're at home. I mean, Villa's at home. I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. I would give Villa been great Not too convincing away. Um, but I think that was down to obviously like the Newcastle game. Newcastle just played beautiful football. They did. I don't see Villa pulling out those kind of stops. Fuck Villa no. have got a really impressive team, but they just so disorganised. Obviously losing Diego Carlos to injury at the start of the season probably got the morale down as well because mm. he was going to be the key in that defence to tighten it up fully. And I think Haaland's just going to have a field day and get a couple of goals. For a prediction, I'm 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 going to say four 0 Man City. All right. Um, I'm going to go go with you on the Holland front. Um, actually, there's been a bit of a trend. I don't know if you've seen uh, some of the posts, um, but over the course of the first four games, as a player for City in the Premier League, his goal numbers mirror Sergio Aguero's. For the first, through the first four games. No, so scary. I need him to have a brace in order for that to happen. I'm going to go 3-1 City. Who do you think is getting the goal for Aston Villa? Is Coutinho hurt still? I don't actually know. I would probably say like their best option up front would be Danny Ings. Well, no, I'm talking about you're asking someone who's going to score. Like, yes, I understand he's a midfielder. You need somebody up front. Danny Ings is probably the only thing they really have up front. Yeah, um, the only threat they have going forward. My question though behind Coutinho is, with him being in there, I think he'll help set that up a little bit for them. If he's not, then. Say la vie, Aston Villa. I think a lot of people miss the classic continue of just like cutting in on his right and hitting one of the most <coughs> beautiful finesse shots you would ever see. Mm. I don't think it's the same continue. Um, he's just at Aston Villa, I think, as a favourite to Steven Gerrard at this point. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um. So let's go on to your guys. United versus Arsenal. Yeah. What do you want to see from the boys in red this weekend? I want to see Casemiro starting um, and no more McTominay in the midfield. Mm. As much as I love McSauce, I just don't think he's a Man United player. I think he's a a mid-table at best Premier League player. But, you know, going forward, we've just secured the best CDM in world football. I want to see him in the midfield. Um, Obviously, the past couple of games with Ericsson and Bruno in midfield has looked really good. It's allowing Bruno to go forward more. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I would, I would like to see that Casemiro starting. Um, obviously, if Anthony can get in, even better. Um, I don't know how that's going to work if they'll push Jadon Sancho to the left wing. Mm. I know he is. He can use his right foot, but predominantly left-footed. Interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, I want to see a fighting performance. This is this is a crucial game. This is Arsenal, who, for me, fantastic team mm-hmm. in the Premier League this season. They're doing every every player in that team is playing their part mm. beautifully. It's what you want to see. I want to see Man United coming. At, we're at home. We're at the theatre of dreams. Don't let the fans down. Go out. That's what I'm saying in my heart, but in my head, I'm still thinking Arsenal are a flawless team at this point, and I'm going to go for a two-each draw. One of the things you said when we were talking before uh, we got on was Anthony needing to Anthony needing to start. Yeah, he absolutely has to. Uh, I I think I think bringing him in plus the Casemiro plus bringing in Casemiro. Um, and I'm pretty sure lineups just came out. So, um, as I say that when we're doing this tomorrow, <laughs> um, but I, I really think this is this is going to be key for them. I think it's going to electrify the entire eleven if Anthony's in because of what yeah. he can do. He's magnificent. If you watch him at Ajax, he is oh, yes. absolutely. On a dime, one of the most magnificent ball handlers I've ever seen. Moreover, striker. Um, I mean, the pace I, is alone is absolutely frightening off him. The legs, the speed, yeah, the technique, yeah. It's just making sure that he can get some good service. Um, an, an ideal candidate for him playing up front would be Ronaldo for the jumping, for the headers, for the crossing. Mm-hmm. But I think he will persist and go with Rashford, which, weirdly enough, has been working. I think he wants to get a resurgence out of Marcus Rashford, get him back to his best. I don't really see Ronaldo starting. I'll maybe see Ronaldo coming on in the second half. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I think I'm still going to go with just two each because I think we'll come out fighting and Arsenal will come out a bit conservative, but Confident they will get a couple of goals. Martin Odegaard has been an absolute sensation for them this season. And Gabby Jesus needs a couple of goals. I'm going to go 3-2 Arsenal on this. I think you guys are going to come out and have the first one. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't have a prediction on that. But I feel like they're going to go up, go up to one at the half. You're going to bring one back and then they're going to finalize it. That's That's... My little prediction there. Um, yeah. I wish you the best. Don't get me wrong. Not really because you fucking love United. But we're a team here yeah. right now. And we've got to be friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just wait till it gets to the Manchester Derby. Oh, my God. That's going to be such a fun week for us. <laughs> oh, imagine if we could do, do the show live while the game's on as well. Vintage Arsenal fan TV esque. Um. Well, we both have TikToks. Very true. I might. I might live stream. Obviously, I can't live stream the TV because TikTok might slap my hands. But I might live stream my reaction watching the game. Yes. Yes. I feel like that should be done. 
Um, yeah. Brighton versus Leicester. As I, I called it, I believe Brighton are going to clap some Leicester cheeks. <laughs> and, you know, a poor Leicester team, they've just lost Fafana. Brendan Rodgers, I don't think, is really caring what happens at this point. I don't even think the Leicester team are caring. No. To be honest, and Brighton, you know, they're wanting Champions League football. Yes, they I are. I believe in little Brighton. Uh, so I'm going to say 2 0 Brighton. 2 0 Brighton. Yeah, there's no fight in Leicester. Zero. I mean, and let's let's be real. When was the last time we saw Leicester at 20? Been a while. You know, a long, long Been a while. Ago. Crazy, this, this, this team like five years ago won the Premier League. Exactly. You know, the, the fall from grace has been crazy. Yes. Just not wanting to spend money. I... I... <laughs> But on the flip of this, like, I, I want to be sold on Brighton. I really do. I really, really do. I think that they're a far better team than Leicester by country yeah. mile. Um, I, def- I don't even think Brighton's going to win this one, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think it, I, I think it's going to be a tight match. I think Leicester's going to play up a little bit. They don't really have a defense, so, I, I mean, I might – my, or shoot myself in the foot saying that, but I think it's going to just be a one nil match. Brighton, um, I can literally just—I could see that as well. Yeah, I—I I, I agree with everything you said there. I mean, I literally could just regurgitate it all back, but I'm not going to. It's there's so much for Leicester that needs to happen in order for them to come back up because there's just no life in that team at all, none at all. I mean. Jamie Vardy and James There's Madison so are not—they are not bringing that team up at all. And you're supposed to be your your star players, like. With, with this season, it's been kind of weird. Teams like Leicester, Bournemouth, Wolves, Everton, Villa have just not really turned up this season. No. Whether you look at people like like Fulham, Brighton, Brentford, Leeds—they've came up and you know. They want to fight this season. They all want to fight. But, you know, like Villa and all that, they just don't seem interested. Watching them is kind of, if you're a fan of that team, would seem quite painful yeah. to watch a performance as bad as that. And this is this is coming from a Man United fan that fucking survived Van Gaal, Moyes, Mourinho, and the likes. Like, trust me, it's not good for your mental health watching football like that. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> you look at your wallet and it's a little bit different than it was last year. Spending more money exactly. at the pubs. <laughs> <laughs> Got to drink your sorrows away. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. That's what's going on in the Premier League. We alluded to Champions League. Which starts effectively as of September the 6th, which is Tuesday. So with that,
And it's back. The fucking Champions League. <laughs> so, we, let's kind of like talk about the group stage uh, pulling. There is a little bit of uh, yeah. there's a little bit of controversy that went around Yaya Torre um, pulling the balls and how <laughs> it was potentially rigged by him. I thought that was fucking hilarious. But then I started looking at it, and I was like, all right, cities in group state, or the, yeah, they're in group G with, hold on a second, hold on a second, wait, Sevilla, Dortmund, whom we just, as far as I know, City just pulled uh, an, uh, a Kanji, uh, one of their center backs mm-hmm. from them. They're a depleted team, so let's, I don't think anybody's expecting much out of Dortmund even in the Bundesliga this year, um, and then Copenhagen. That seems like yeah. a pretty easy group um, stage. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm confident you guys will like walk through that FC Copenhagen. You know they do what they do in, in Europe, but you guys will get the win there. Dortmund just don't know what's going. On. Dortmund are like Ajax. They're like the the feeder clubs of Europe. Every time they get a good team, and the transfer windows open, it's just yeah, all of them are yeah. And it's kind of sad to see. You want to build as a football fan. You want to see your team build a good team. But when, but when you're like Ajax or Dortmund or Monaco in 2016, it's just now. As soon as the season ends, we're just taking every single player off you. Have a nice payday and enjoy struggling in Europe. And I think Dortmund were always that hipster team that football fans supported. Like, yeah, Dortmund are my German team. My, but I don't <laughs> see a lot happening from them this season. My hipster German team was definitely Wolfsburg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Volkswagen fan, so I mean, that kind of that was the whole reason why. Plus, those bright green uniforms are honestly kind of cool. I'm a I'm a glory hunting cunt. I like Bayern Munich. Oh, you corrupt bastard! <laughs> uh. So, out of all the groups that were picked, what would you say is probably going to be the group of death? I mean, the groups were very interesting. Yeah. In the pick, um, obviously the ones that I looked at specifically were the two Scottish teams that got in, Rangers and Celtic. Um, yeah, there's, there's some groups in there don't interest me, like Atletico, Porto, Leverkusen, and Bruges and Club B. That's just kind of a one I'm not sure. I feel I feel quite bad for um, if I can pronounce the name right, the Czech team like Plot, Pilsen, yeah, Pilsen, FC Victoria, yeah, Pilsen, FC Victoria. I mean, coming up into the Champions League, great moment, but then realizing you've got Inter Milan, Barcelona, and Bayern, yeah, is a bit, bit of a cruel joke. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm wishing them all the luck on earth to get a second spot finish. I don't think it will happen. Um, Chelsea got a not bad group with Milan, Zagreb, and Salzburg. Confident they can top that. Yeah. Um. An, oh, an interesting one, of, PSG. Real Juventus. quick, real quick. Did you hear about AC Milan? 
know what's going on with AC Milan. So LeBron James now has a part ownership of AC Milan and Liverpool. Um, also, the Yankees, the New York Yankees, have now part ownership of AC Milan. Jeez. What the fuck? I've anyway, back in the day, one of the biggest teams in Europe, but lately, after money troubles with them, they kind of, you know, the owners didn't seem interested. They kind of get sold around. Money's been a funny thing. Well, People that's want not going to be a AC Milan problem back in the top. No, it's not going to be a problem now. Um, no, you, I think people that's... want to see AC Milan back, back on top of Europe because they are one of the biggest teams on earth. Yeah, um, them with Inter Milan as well. But in the past couple of years, they've just been kind of mid-table-ish in their leagues, buying players twenty million at the most. But mm. seeing them both in Europe, you know, is good to see. I grew up with, you know, Maldini, Kaka, Ronaldinho, AC Milan. What a team they had <coughs> back in the day. Mm. I'm hoping they can do well, get through into the Champions League. Hopefully. So Group F, Real Madrid, Leipzig, Schachter, and Celtic. Mon the boys, mon the Selic. Um You know, the, the thing about being a Scottish football fan is usually in the Premier League, the top four teams qualify for the Champions League automatically. If you win the league in Scotland, you have to go through numerous playthroughs to even qualify. Um, so I'm always happy to see like Scottish teams there, Rangers and Celtic. You know, I'm wishing them all the best. They did get two questionable groups: Celtic getting the current champions, Madrid and Rangers getting Liverpool. But looking at both teams, I'm hoping Celtic Rangers can get a second place finish. Um, Especially in Group F, Shakhtar Donetsk, with everything that's going over in Ukraine, a lot of the Brazilian players unsettled. I don't mm. think they're going to be up for this this year, which no. is understandable. They've got a lot of things going on. Sure. Um, Leipzig obviously getting Werner back and winning 8-0 the other day was, you know, they'll be out to make a statement. Werner will be out to make a statement as well. Mm. Um, I know in his farewell message, he, you know, he, he loved Chelsea, but he probably fucking hates that club and they fans so much. At this point. <laughs> um, at this point. At this point, he is. Every, every Chelsea misery is going to bring him happiness. And do you know what? Yeah. Fuck Chelsea. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I definitely agree with you with the Shocker thing. Um, and, our our thoughts and everything to Ukraine still it's yeah just kind of craziest going on um and the way that it's it's honestly affecting the game i mean you saw how michael linko and zinchenko reacted last year when everything was going on and i can't imagine being in a league that is based in ukraine right now um but i i'm going to go with you on this i kind of hope to hope to see celtic up at the second spot i real madrid's going to take that group flat out um, Leipzig, Leipzig, Leipzig in my mind is always still the number three, number four team in Germany. Um, I, 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 against the number one Celtic versus a number three, number four Leipzig type of team, I'm going to go Celtic. So definitely that might be my, my, uh, my number two spot choice as well. Group H. PSG, Juventus, Benfica, and Haifa. Yes. 
Interesting. I'm kind of looking forward to the PSG Juventus game. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember if they have played each other before in Europe. They probably have. It's probably just. I'm sure they have escaping me, but I'm sure yeah. they have in the rounds before. I don't know that they've actually been in the same group stage. No, I don't think they've ever been the same group. It'll be good. Um, you know, Juventus kind of in a funny position the now. Mm-hmm. Um, their team is a little bit kind of a mix-up the now. PSG, um, let's be honest, Kylian Mbappe is in charge of that football club at this point, so he decides what's happening. <laughs> Literally on every front, yeah. <laughs> he decides He decides the transfer decisions, who they fucking get in the Champions League, to be honest. Yep. 1.6 million a week is unheard of money. That could that could change someday. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I believe PSG will. I mean, I said this. I said this with my friends last season, like when PSG got Messi, Ramos, Donnarumma. Oh, they're nailed on to win the Champions League. They didn't. They struggled quite a lot because it was, you know, it was a Rolls Royce without the engine. <laughs> um, they've been a bit more conservative in the transfer market this season, bringing in like Fabian from. Uh, Napoli the other day, um, mm-hmm. Nordy Macaulay from RB Leipzig. I think they're starting to think, right, we've got the world-class talent. Now we need some players to get them moving. I think we should probably see this as PSG's time to do something in the Champions League. And a lot of rumours that Messi might go back to Barcelona if they don't perform well this season. I've heard that. I've heard that. A lot of people are already calling the final to be PSG City. And I don't know. The oil money derby. Right. <sighs> that fucking terminology. <laughs> no, so uh, just the Saudi Arabian Derby and a half. Well, no, so I had a falling out with somebody and I, I don't I don't want to speak his name uh just out of respect. Um but I had a falling out with somebody over the oil money uh, connotation that everybody puts on city. I, 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 I get, I get a little bit ticked off by it because there is a racially charged sentiment behind it. If that, uh, let, let's put this into perspective and I don't mean to be all political and all that bullshit, but like, let's put this into perspective. Everybody pays for petrol every fucking day. So guess what? You're contributing to city every time yeah. you put fucking gas in your car. So if you're going to use that, that make sure that you're understanding that where it comes from, the reason why you're saying it is is not because it's petrol being put in your car. It's because of where it comes from. Geographically speaking. So yeah. everybody who wants to use that on me, I'll let that one go. <laughs> but everybody wants to use that on me. I'm going to come back on you every fucking time when I'm going to say the same exact thing because that's nothing. It's nothing more than that. Um, I would like to see it as a final, but PSG Man City, especially this season, I think that could be an entertaining game of football. You would have finally get Haaland, Mbappe in a major final. We find out who's the be-all, end-all. If, if it becomes that, I this you realize that every advertisement is just going to be Mbappe's head and Holland's head because that's all the focus is going to be. Yeah, because we live in the generation now that Messi and Ronaldo are no longer the two best in the world. 
No. They've fell down the peg now. So the world is like, right, who are the next two? Mbappe, Haaland, right, let's go. Yeah. It really shouldn't be that, to be honest. Um, before Ronaldo and Messi, it was always, it was just a big stagger of world-class players. Now it's just mm-hmm. you put two on a pedestal and everyone else just is underneath it. Um, yeah. I don't really and there's so much talent. There's so, but then there's so much talent. There's so much too. talent in the world. There is it. it um, every, but it's. I, I, I mean, I in my this, opinion, I would take. I see this in every sport. I would take Haaland over Mbappe. I would too, just because it's that's my dude, and I've been rooting for him since I started watching. Um, one thing that I will make a mention though is like every sport growing up has always had that comparison duo of. Who's better? Like in in the states, it's always like currently, the comparison will always be Jordan, LeBron James. Who's better? Well, two entirely different career lengths, two entirely different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, there was there's been plenty of other ones. There was like uh, Roger Clemens and Randy Johnson, or um, uh, who was the other? Who's the other guy? Yeah, it's just like Ali or Ali, Yeah, like you know, it's it, it's always that, and I really... I don't know that the Ronaldo Messi thing will ever go away. Yeah, no, it's... I don't think it ever. Yeah, will. we get there's too much comparisons in the world with like you know Ronaldo Messi, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Canelo, Jake Paul. I mean, they're all just as good as each other. I mean, could you could you compare Pepe and Maradona? Pele Maradona. I feel like they were two different. They exactly different players. Pele was Pele was more Pele, of a striker, yeah. center forward. Where Maradona was more of a midfielder. You know, right. two different types. Of, if they were in the same team, you know, they would be different but, positions. So it is like kind of. But that's the reason for my comparison. They're not. I don't even believe yeah. they're in the same generation. So it, it's it, 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 like the Ali Tyson thing, like. Ali fought in the fucking 60s and 70s. Tyson fought in the 90s. Yeah. Two different eras of boxing. And let, let's also take it in this into perspective. Humans evolve. Our strength, or like people, men who were strong back in the 70s by standard are still strong men today. But our youth people are a hell of a lot stronger and have a lot more capabilities than the older generations. So to put them on a comparison, to put them on oh, the same not- plane is, is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. Ronaldo and Messi is the only one because they played in the same era. Yeah. Yeah. Same era. Two, in my opinion, still two different type of players. I feel like Messi was more of an all round footballer, the perfect all round footballer. Whereas Ronaldo is a born goal scorer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's why I say like, the best goal scorer ever is Ronaldo. The best football player ever is Messi. That's how I always rate it in my head. And if you know the difference. Because <laughs> there's some exactly. people who don't get the difference. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that kind of wraps it up for us this week. Um, stay tuned into us on Monday as we fully get prepared for Champions League um, and we wrap up 
the week five predictions and recap that as well. Um, until then, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your sister, tell your brother, tell your brother's sister, or excuse me, tell your brother's best friend's sister and all her girlfriends so then they can go tell other guy friends. And then we can all be friends. But then until then, we'll see you. Goodbye, Wagwan. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.